Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Natalina. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. Such an honor to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking with Kate Swoboda, and we're going to be talking about courage and how to have the ability to move forward through fears and tough times. This is a really great episode with Kate. She's going to talk with us about, you know, being, you know, courageous, pushing through your fears, feeling good in your own skin, looking at some of the factors on how to make your dream life come true. We're going to be identifying uh, patterns of behavior and uh, something that she said in the interview that I really love. She said, fear is trying to protect you from taking risk. And that is something that really, really resonated with me. And I'm sure that you guys are going to enjoy this episode with Kate. She has a ton of knowledge to share with you guys. So rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Kate, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start off the show by letting our audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you're currently doing? Well, um... I'm a life coach, and I'm the director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification, which is a life coach training program. And you can find me online at yourcourageouslife.com or tribeclcc.com. And my book, The Courage Habit, will be out in May of 2018, still a long ways away from when we're recording this, but um, there's a lot of prep that goes into that. And as someone might have imagined, I talk a lot about courage, which I I define as looking at where it is that you're feeling afraid and really um, getting into what scares you, really getting into feeling that fear rather than trying to push it away, try to kick fear's ass. I'm not into feeling and then diving in anyway, taking action and then transforming and seeing what shifts when you're willing to meet your fear and yourself exactly where you are and be with it rather than try to outrun it, get it to go away, any of that stuff. That's how I define courage. And um, more recently, my work has taken the turn of looking at how we cultivate emotionally resilient or courageous habits so that courage um, can can stop being this thing that we have to strive to to feel somehow, and instead, how we live our daily lives. So I always like to ask the follow up question of how did you get into this field? Is it something that came naturally for you, or was there a journey that specifically led you to wanting to learn more and really define what it was to be courageous? Yeah, well, I like to always be really transparent and say I got into this particular flavor of how I work with clients because I myself, uh, am afraid and, you know, I don't define people as being courageous because they somehow are no longer, um, afraid. In fact, I, I call BS on fearless. I don't think anyone is fearless. So it's been my own work 
to look at where I get afraid, where that gets me stuck, what are the patterns, what are the habits that feed fear, and what are the habits that feed courage, and what does it actually look like to live in a courageous way. Most interested in this with my clients as well. So there are any number of things that a life coach can talk about, right? Like you could become a creativity coach, or you could become a relationship coach, or you could become a business coach. What I found is that whether we're talking about creativity, relationships, business, well, whatever, I'm always really interested in where it is that people feel stuck, aka afraid, and how they're trying to shift their lives and what they're doing that isn't working and how habits that are courageous end up getting people to the place that they really want to be, which is less about goal attainment and more about um, really just feeling good in your own skin. And I think that journey of wanting to feel good in my own skin is a huge part of it. But I do actually have a a tiny little anecdote I can tell about how I I hit on the courageous thing. And it is that I go uh, making next to no money living in the San Francisco Bay Area where rent is, you know, atrocious, as everybody knows. And I had this big dream to spend a summer in Italy. And I scrimped and I saved and I took extra shifts and I substituted. I substituted for every single and I, you know, went without all kinds of things that I would have loved to have, like a latte every day or going out to eat with friends, because I really wanted this experience of a summer in Italy. And I made it happen. I found my way there. And so here I am and I'm in Italy and I'm happy as a clam and I'm, I'm just, you know, it's Italy. Come on, you know, it's gelato and it's getting to speak Italian and it's, you know, the Tuscan region. It's so beautiful. And I said something about how happy I was on Facebook and someone to make one of those wet blanket comments that people sometimes make, which ended up being really beautiful in hindsight, you know, something about, you know, well, well, not everybody is able to go to Italy for the summer, you know, kind of like, well, that's great for you, but you know, I don't have access. And the perfection of the person who made the comment was that I happened to know a little bit about that person's situation financially. They had a salary job with paid vacations. I did not. They made twice as much money as I did. I was single at the time. We're in a dual income household where partner made as much money as they did, frankly. And um, they lived in a less expensive part of the country than I did. And there was something very crystal clear for me in that moment about how this person wanted the exact same thing that I did but fear had gotten in this person's way in terms of looking at the choices that she could make over and over and over that would, would get her to that place where she could do this really amazing thing, like spend a summer in Italy. And it didn't mean that she was bad or weak or any of those labels. It just meant that her had gotten her stuck in that particular way. And so um, that left a really profound um, impression upon me in terms of looking at all the ways in which the things that we want um, often can be had. And I don't, of course, mean always material things, but the, the lives we want often can be had. And looking at the choices that we make specifically around where fear holds us back and where there's an opportunity to practice courage can make all the difference. Can I just clarify in listening to you tell your story, did you say that she made twice as much as you and lived in a, in a less expensive, um, place and area. 
Yes, and yes, and had a partner who made as much as she did. Wow. So we're talking about a six-figure household. Uh huh. So, so what you're really talking about here is, um, is you know, a shift mentally and within ourselves. Yes. I mean, I'm, uh, here's the other little piece that I feel is more important to, to clarify than ever. Um, I would never tell someone who is living at poverty level, like, Hey, it's just a mindset. Right. Like, I would never <laughs> tell any, you know, who is struggling to figure out how to feed their family or, you know, going through an abusive relationship. I would never tell a person of color, a member of the LGBTQ community, Hey, if you feel like life is really hard, it's just a shift in your mindset. So I'm all to add that in. But for those circumstances in life where there are people who have equal options in terms of circumstances or for those situations where someone is just really so stuck in their fear that they don't see what's possible with that dual um, earner, six-figure household living in a less expensive part of the of the United States than, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area. Those are specifically Um, it's really profound to look at the places where we shackle our own lives, where we keep ourselves held back. And that is something that is absolutely about a shift in mindset. And so it is regularly something I like to ask myself and would encourage anyone listening to your podcast to ask themselves, where is it that do I assume that something isn't possible for me? There's probably somewhere else, some somewhere else in the world who has managed to make it happen. So instead of going, well, it's not possible for me, it is possible for them. Why don't I just try looking at some of the factors that, um, are involved in, in how they've made their dream come true. How do I, how, maybe I could just look at some of the, maybe there's a way to jerry rig it or hack it so that I can make it happen. I really am a huge advocate for that. I, I want to take a moment and commend you, Kate, because I have done almost 150 podcast episodes in the past year or so. And nobody has yet said, you know, to the point of, you know, if somebody's living in poverty, if somebody's struggling to feed their family, if somebody is from the LGBT community, you know, just change your mindset. In fact, we hear that a lot from people that are in the coaching world, who I myself is also in the coaching world, that it is just a mindset. Just switch your mindset. doesn't matter where you come from or what you have or how poor you are, you know, what's happening in your life. You can make a shift. You can make a change. And I really, really appreciate you saying that sometimes people are in a situation where it's not that easy and, you know, they, they have to do a little bit more work and it's more than just a mental shift. So I, I really appreciate you being transparent and laying that out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, I think more and more people need to speak into that. And, and I do think that most people who aren't speaking into it are you know, bad people who, who care. They probably believe the same thing, but, but they're kind of assuming that the, the listener, the audience, you know, isn't in need of that. And I just, I really think that, um, that we need to have a wider conversation about all the factors that go into why some of us don't see our dreams just magically happening. And they're not even just related to money or, um, you know, belonging to a group that's historically been oppressed. There are little things, there's ageism, there's, um, (laughs) you know, there's able body discrimination. There's, there's all sorts of things that go into people's success that are, um, 
with their dreams that are based on factors that are outside their control. And I just, I enormously appreciate, um, anybody who, who reminds me of that as well. Um, because, you know, um, if we look through the lens of intersectionality, don't think that there's anyone who isn't touched by some form of discrimination at some point. I, as a woman, have absolutely been in situations, even with all the privilege that I have access to, where because I was a woman, I was expected to behave in a certain way. And if I didn't, then I was going to be regarded as less intelligent, for instance, if I got emotional about something. So I just, I try to, to bring that up and, and broaden the courageous conversation that we're having. So I'm, soapbox, soapbox. <laughs> I'm pretty passionate about that. And I love it. I, I can feel your passion. It's great. So um, I, I guess the question is, and you hit, you, you hit the nail on the head, that so many of us are stuck and we're letting our fears get in, in the way of you know, moving forward and, and kind of making these changes in our life. I mean, where do we start? So how, how do we begin to find the courage? And, and I think even be, before, how do we begin to find the courage? How do we even identify that it's fear and courage that's stopping us? Some people don't even realize it's a subconscious thing that they, that they think that the universe is out to get them, right? And they don't realize that little things can be happening within themselves that can, that can really move them forward. Mm. Well, you know, I think that it's really great to identify um, patterns of behavior that people get into. And, um, when my book is out next year, I'll talk about some of the broad patterns that I see. Um, and, and one of the patterns that I, I, well, I'll, I guess I'll get into the top three patterns that I see for people that I see people using when they are afraid. And, and again, fear can often act so unconsciously. We aren't even aware of it. But, but a, a great little exercise for anyone who's listening to this, go ahead and try it. Sit down right now. Ask yourself that incredibly courageous question. What is it that I really, like really, really want for my life? What do I really want to be different? And that thing that, that like starts to bubble up that you quash down <laughs> is, is the thing you got to write down, right? If you're really going to go into this exercise. So if you start to write, I want to write my own business back in my, your mind, you're thinking, I, I really want to reinvent marriage. It's dead. It's stagnant. I don't even know this person anymore. We're like roommates walking around in the same house. It's like, well, well, go ahead and write down that you want to put, you know, um, grow your own business, but, but please for, for your own sake, make it down that you want to somehow realize that stagnant marriage or connect with somebody you're no longer connected to, or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the more tender, vulnerable dream is, please write that down as well. Write your top three and then ask yourself, why haven't I achieved this or gotten this or changed or shifted this already? And write down all the reasons that come to you for why that is and your valid reasons. Okay. Like, you know, there's just only so many hours in the day and there's only so much money in your account at any given time. So time and money for sure can go on that list. But in addition to that, start writing down, well, um, I don't change jobs because every single time I start to, I think, well, well I don't even know what I would want to do. So not knowing what I would want to do next is one reason why I haven't changed that. Or um, what was in career 
That's a huge one. I mean, I'm like, like I said, I'm the director of a life coach training program and it's a regular conversation among the graduates of our program. How do I tell my family (laughs) that maybe I don't want to use that MBA (laughs) and I want to be a life coach, you know, like this is what I'm passionate about. It's a hard thing to do. And then start breaking it down a little bit farther and maybe look at the top three patterns for handling your fear. There's avoiding it. There's pleasing it. And there's attacking it. So when do you try to avoid it? Do you try to numb out? Are you in a Facebook Netflix haze every night? Do you crack open a bottle of wine all the time? Oh, by the way, those bottles of wine, by the way, they're $15 every single time you buy a bottle of wine. And uh, $15 times 30 days in a month, that might be the seed capital that you need for your new dream. So you start looking at some of your behaviors, right, that are avoidant. And then you could look at pleasing behaviors. Pleasing your fear looks like trying to do it better so that the fear will go away. It's a kind of way of, of all right, okay, so this fear is tough suck and that I'm fat and criticizing my body. So you know what? I'm going to work out at the gym two hours tomorrow. I'm going to be even better with it. And then attacking your fear is the like, I'm going to slay. I'm going to kick fear's ass. I'm going to hustle. It's that thing of like, ain't nobody going to stop me, you know, telling fear to F off, shut up, go away. I told my fear to take a hike. No, fear is a wound, is trying to protect you from taking a risk and being vulnerable. Uh, I do not believe that it should be believed. What it says is not true, but abusing your fear to try to get it to go away is not going to work. So this simple process, simple in terms of the steps it takes, but incredibly complex in terms of the emotional landscape, ask yourself what you really, really want and be real about it. Ask yourself why you haven't gotten it, and then see if you can identify those avoiding, pleasing, or attacking behaviors can be really illuminating (laughs) for how to, to shift. And just to clarify, you know, for all of us that are listening, courage is something that can be gained and learned. Yes, absolutely. Courage is really emotional resilience. That's really what courage is. It's the ability to have challenges come up and and go, okay, I'm going to keep moving anyway. So anybody here who has ever gone through a breakup and you feel like it's the worst pain that you've ever gone through and you're never going to get through to the other side of the loss. Well, guess what? <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're practicing resilience every single time you go, Hey, I'm going to listen to a podcast like this and I'm going to see what I can do to examine who I am and what I want for my life and how to move it to a better place. It's like, this is listening to this podcast is emotional resilience. I will put my stamp on it. Mm. So emotional resilience, a.k.a. courage, is really built, I have found in the research that I've done, not not research I've conducted or overseen, but the research that I've reviewed and then compiled, which will be coming out in my book, The Courage. There, there are really four things that people need to do consistently to cultivate more emotionally resilient or courageous lives. And this is a biopsychosocial model. So bio is biology, psycho is your psychology, and social is your community. And those four things are um, access the body, listen without attachment, reframe limiting stories, 
and reach out and create community. And I can break down each of those if you'd like, but yeah. just for now, there are, there are access and without attachment, reframe limiting stories and reach out and create community. And those four combined and practiced regularly, habitually, really lead to that resilience, that more courageous way of living. Yeah, I think I, I think it's great um, that you're sharing all this with us. It's it's really um, awesome to to be able to hear your thought process and your expertise. It'd be great if you can give us maybe an example of each one, just so we you know have something to jumpstart with. And absolutely, I'm sure the majority of us are going to want to jump on your book when it comes out um, in the next few months here in 2018. But yeah, if you can give us maybe an example of each one: access the body, listen without attachment, reframe limiting stories, and reaching out and creating your community. Sure. So let's say that you have this big dream, like you want to write a book. That's a pretty common big dream that people will have. Um, and, and this work, by the way, this applies, um, to social justice and activism. If you're thinking, I want to speak out about an issue that's important to me, this applies when you are working at a soul sucking job and the crappy boss has just dumped more work on your desk yet again, even though that work should really be done by them or by somebody else. There's all kinds of applications to this. And I I've even seen people use it in parenting. I've seen people use it to establish exercise habits, but let's go with this example of you want to do something big. Like you want to, you want to book and then it's like, holy shit, a book, who the hell am I to write a book? And all the feelings start to hit. Well, fear isn't logical. It's primal. You feel it in the body. So you need to deal with it in the body. So that's why we start with access body. Now, if you want to do like a, a really profound Zen Buddhist meditation as your form of accessing the body, awesome. That's totally effective. But it doesn't have to be that. If you want your accessing the body to be power walking or dancing in your arms or slow methodical movement or yoga or sex or self-pleasure, I mean, it really can run the gamut, but you need to start find some way to get into your body and feel the things that are going on in your body, which in and of itself is incredibly courageous, slows down your nervous system so that fear can't take over. Second piece, listen without attachment. So the voices that rush in and tell you, who are you to do a book? You don't have anything worth writing about. You listen to what fear is saying, but you don't get attached to what it says. You don't believe it to be true. This is important because you don't want to go into attacking it, pleasing it, or avoiding it. Fear is a wound. It's afraid. It's this part of you that's interested in self-preservation. If you found a wound frayed stray dog on the street and you went towards it and it snapped at you, you wouldn't assume that it's an awful dog. You'd assume that it's a dog that's been living on the street and has had this really hard life and it's afraid of you. And that's why it's snapping at you. So kicking that dog is not very helpful. Kicking yourself is not very helpful psychologically, of course, or I guess physically I'll add that in. And then listening without attachment pretty quickly can give way to reframing limiting stories. And I'm talking about law of general reciting affirmations. Um, I'm talking about it being a very pragmatic step to take in your life that if you notice there's a voice in you that says, who are you to think you could do this? That you could reframe it into, well, out there's done it before. 
maybe I'll go ask them for help. Or I'm sure that the person who I've, I've seen who's done what I want to do, write this book or, you know, something like that, whatever your big dream is, I'm sure that they had these same feelings. So there's a way to work through them. From limitation to possibility. And then last, reach out and create community. Fear thrives in isolation Mm. and it diminishes in community. And if you just try to be in your own head and in your own body with the things that you feel or think when you're afraid, eventually you'll just get exhausted. It's like trying to tread water. (laughs) You know, you can't do that forever. At some point you need your jacket. You need somebody in the community to try to help. You need other people who are your tribe, who know what it's like to feel afraid and who aren't aren't afraid themselves to say, Hey, I get it. I've been there too. Those four pieces together, they do not eradicate fear forever. It's not about conquering or destroying or eliminating anything, but they absolutely do go after things that they want, feel the fear, do it anyway. Mm. Kate, I, I really love, you know, you being able to break it down for us and give us a little bit more insight on what that means so that, you know, those of us that are kind of struggling with the fear and feeling stuck, we can begin our journey and and finding our courage and learning how to work with our fear. I'd love to jump into our power section if that, if that's okay with you, just a couple questions um, and, you know, just some fast responses in return. I'd love to know one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us. Pema Chodron, uh, When Things Fall Apart. Really anything by Pema Chodron. Okay. And one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of? Hmm. Uh, getting a book deal is pretty up there <laughs> for me. That, that's a big one at the What's one value that you have that you've always stuck with throughout your journey? Oh, courage. Honoring the value of courage for sure. Sorry if that's predictable. (laughs) Um, And is there anything that we didn't get a chance, um, you know, to say or talk about? We call it the golden nugget. If you only had one last message that you can give, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always encouraging people to really believe in the power of five minutes and to move away from trying to do an entire life overhaul where everything is forever different and instead really just believe that you are worthy and that your dreams matter and that it is good enough if what if all you can muster today is five minutes in the direction of something you want to shift, something that's important to you, that's enough. That's really enough. Believe in the power of five minutes. Five minutes of meditating, better than none. Five minutes of exercising, better than none. Five minutes of respectful communication with your partner, better than none. And what does the phrase rise up for you mean to you when you hear it? Mm. I hear it and I think something personal and of deep importance is at stake. And uh, I I guess I get this somatic feeling of of like an expanding heart. It's really about, you got to have a heart that's going to open if you're going to rise up. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Thank you again so much, Kate, for joining us. How do we stay connected and how do we support you? Mm. Well, head on over to yourcourageouslife.com and I 
bunch of free resources for anybody who joins uh, the newsletter, um, a courageous soundtrack and workbooks and all the good personal growth, courage, habit, goodies. And uh, if any interested in becoming a life coach, uh, that is over at tribeclcc.com. It's the Courageous Living Coach Certification. Wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining us today, Kate. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you again for joining the Rise Up For You podcast. Again, this is your host, Natalina. We want to make sure that outside of the podcast, you're still growing and always getting continuous knowledge and our six pillars. So we want to make sure that you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com and take full advantage of the free resources and benefits that we have there. We have articles and contributors from around the world. We have a number of other podcast episodes, webinars, and a ton of tools and strategies and tips that are going to help you rise up to the next step professionally and personally. You can find us on every social media avenue. We're on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Rise Up For You. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Everything is at Rise Up For You, and we would love for you to join us. And definitely, you're going to want to head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, and get your free startup kit. We have compiled the top podcast interviews, the top webinars, and the top articles that fall in our six pillars, plus a free startup guide, the six pillars to a prosperous life that's going to help you take that first step to really finding and building the life that you want professionally and personally. So again, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you get access to that startup kit for free. And don't forget to share. Our main mission is to empower, educate, and connect women globally. And we need your help to do that. So please help us spread the word, spread the message, share our content, share what Rise Up For You is about, and help us help you and other women around the world. Thank you again for joining us. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.